Today we continue our series, the series I'm calling Faith That Works. Faith That Works. We're in part two from the book of James. You know, the book of James is the most practical book in the New Testament. Some call it the Proverbs of the, the New Testament. Filled with nuggets of truths. Uh, it was actually the first written Bible that the, the first Christians had outside of the scriptures in the Old Testament. The actual New Testament book where the first Christians after Jesus rose from the dead, they had access to, was the book of James. Before the Gospels, before the Epistles, it was this book that uh, God, God spoke to the heart of James, who was the earthly brother of Jesus, to pen some amazing practical truth for growth and development in the journey of our walk with God. So it's a very, very important book, chock full uh, of wisdom keys, uh, the how-to manual for victorious Christian life. So today we're going to be looking at uh, chapter 1 from verses uh, 2 to 6 and 12 on how we can benefit from our problems. Amen. How we can benefit from our problems. So let's jump right into it uh, and read this amazing portion of scripture. James 1, 2 to 6. Let's read that together. It says, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must what? Believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Amen. And, and from this amazing portion of scripture, my, my good friends, I want to do two things. One is to discuss what we need to know about problems, and then I'll close with what we need to do with our problems what we need to know about our problems, and what biblically God wants us to do with our problems. Now, James jumped in, jumps into this teaching with an opening statement in verse 2 and 3. He says this. He says, consider it what? Pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know. Now, circle the phrase because you know. And what James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is telling us is this, right? Is, is, is that we can get through our problems because of what we know. And I'll talk about that in a moment, right? Now, according to the National Institute of Standards and, and Technology, NIST, and it's located right here, not too, too far from here, in Gaithersburg, guess what? A dense fog covering seven city blocks to the depth of 100 feet is only composed of particles that can fill one glass of water. Dense fog that could cover blocks, it could cover towns, it could cover neighborhoods, is only comprised of particles that could fill one glass of water. Now, you know what a dense fog can do, right? It blurs your vision. It brings darkness around. It just impales you and restricts you from doing what you want to do. Just this little piece, little piece, right? 
this minute water particles can settle over a city or a countryside and can blot out everything from sight. It can block out the light from sight. Now the application is this, that many Christians today live their lives in a fog. We allow a cup full of troubles to cloud our vision and dampen our spirit. Oh, you don't understand, Pastor. It's my job. It's my health. It's my marriage. It's my kids. It's this. We allow a, 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 a cup full of troubles. We allow a single cup of trouble to create a massive fog that causes anxiety. It causes turmoil. It causes confusion. It causes chaos that effectively strangles our thoughts that we can move past that. But in reality, what it is is what? It's water molecules that can only fill a cup of water when we put that into perspective. Many lives are literally being choked by the cares of this world. But that's not how God designed us to live. God doesn't want the fog of life to get us down. Instead, God wants us to live in his sunshine, in the light of day. As David said, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. No matter what happens, it is our choice to rejoice. So how can we live in the sunshine of life? Well, we know that life is full of trouble. There, there is sickness, there is sadness, there is confusion, there is temptation, there is evil going on. There are financial, emotional, relational problems that will happen. You cannot pray yourself out of it. God says in this world you have trouble. How can you, instead of allowing the fog of life to dominate your life, how can we live in the sunshine of it? Well, James tells us how we can do that. And he opens it up. He says what? Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know. Because you know. And what he's saying is that your attitude in life is determined by your understanding. Because of what you know, you are able to face trials of many kind that will cause you to live joyfully rather than frustrated, mad, upset, or angry. Because of what you know, uh, that your understanding influences your attitude. Write it down. Your understanding influences your attitude. Because of what I know, what is happening is real, but I override that based on my understanding. Your understanding influences your attitude. And so attitude equals understanding. Listen, if you have a good attitude, where does it come from? It's because you understand, because of what you know, what you have come to understand. I feel good today. I have joy in my heart because God is on the throne, because God's been good to me, because God is working on my behalf. Because of what you know, you allow that to what? Override your environment so you can have a good attitude. So rejoicing is not just positive thinking. Rejoicing is something that God wants us to embrace. He says we can consider every situation joyful. Why? Because of what we know. Now I want to share with you what you ought to know. So you are not living by, oh, it is what it is. What am I supposed to do? This is common sense. Everybody acts this way. I mean, you just don't become just a place where life hits you and you react rather than responding to life. What do we need to know about problems? I want to give you four facts 
that you got to know about life. So that when God says, hey, you can consider everything joy when you face problems of many kinds because of what you know. Here's what you ought to know. Here are the four facts of life. Number one, what the problems are what inevitable. Say that with me. Problems are what inevitable. That's, this is the way God wired life. He sent us here, and this is not a perfect place. This isn't paradise. This isn't heaven. All right? I mean, we grow old. Our bodies get weaker. Right? There's evil in this world. Why did God allow Satan to walk around the earth, cast him down from heaven, throw him down here? Only God can understand that. Right? But this is not heaven. <laughs> right? This is not paradise. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. This world is not perfect. The government is not perfect. Our friends are not perfect. Our neighbors are not perfect. The economy is not perfect. Our companies are not perfect. Nothing is perfect in this world and nothing works perfectly. And so problems are inevitable. Consider it pure joy. And the word God uses here is what? Whenever. Circle the word whenever. Whenever. Now the original Greek word, hotan, translated when or whenever in English means a condition that is guaranteed to occur but it is not specified. Consider as pure joy whenever you go through certain guaranteed conditions that you don't know when it's going to happen what considered pure joy. God said there are some things that will inevitably, undeniably, unquestionably happen in your life. Now, in cases where the word whenever, hotan, is used, for example, it is used to describe morning and evening. And so in Greek mythology, in Greek language, some of the times where they use the word whenever is morning and evening, right? We don't know specifically when evening will come. When darkness will fall, it could be 6 p.m., it could be 7.30 p.m., depending on the season, but we know for sure it's going to happen. And so where they use the word hotan, for example, it's an evening and morning. They use the word when morning comes. We don't know exactly when daylight will come forth. Could be 5.30, could be 6 a.m., could be 7 a.m., depending on the season. But we know for sure that the sun will rise and what daylight will come. And so this is where this word is used. It is a guaranteed condition that occurs, but it is not specified. Now, scripture already says, consider as pure joy if you face trials. Whenever you face trials is what it says. Whenever it means you can count on it, you're going to have problems. If you don't have problems, check your pulse to see if you are alive. If you are alive, you're going to have problems. So when it happens, it says, don't jump off the skate. Don't move from emotionally. Understand that, oh, wow, my tire broke down. I get up in the morning, my limbs are not what they used to be. You know, I run into somebody who is really upset at me. Understand that it is it will happen on this side of earth. Now look at how Peter puts look at how Peter puts this. He says, look at this. Look at 1 Peter 4:12. Read that with me. It says, What dear friends, what do not be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if what something strange were happening to you. So he says, get real right this is what god says so he tells you i'll pray for you so you have you, ha you won't have any problems they just lie to you they are not setting you up to be prepared for living if a parent or a, a, an elder or you they, they, they tell you you will never have any problem when you go to school everything's going to fine when you get married everything's going to fine when you start a job everything's going to fine in your life everything's going great and wonderful everything's going to be hunky-dory it, it says they lie to you 
God says it is not something strange. You think you are going through problems, others are going through the worst. And perhaps they are probably stronger saints than you and I. Probably they are in a place where they are closer to the heart of God. When you look at people that God used, it, it's heartbreaking to find what they went through. Like Daniel, literally, literally, literally thrown, hated by his co-workers, thrown in the lion's den. Like Joseph, literally by his own family, from probably sold into slavery. He says, don't think it's strange. And so God wants us to know this. He says, understand the fact of life. Consider it pure joy when you face many trials because of what you know. Hey, this is not the day that I thought it would be. This is not the way things are turning out. But because of what I know that it happens, here's what I need to do. And I'll share with you what you need to do. But first, understand that it is going to happen. And problems are what? Inevitable. Count on it. Problems are not an elective in life. They are what? A required cause. It's like going to college. You say, you know what? I, this is not part of my major. But why am I taking this? Problems is not an elective. <laughs> it's required. You don't get out of them by saying, I don't want to have any problems in my life. I command every problem in my life to go away. See, when Jesus was on earth, he encountered problems. He was hungry. He was tired. He was hated. He was rejected. He went through all kinds of problems. It's called what? Life. No one is immune. No one is insulated. No one is exempted from, from, from problems. So when James says be joyful whenever you face problems because you know. He's telling us you should know that problems are what? Inevitable and they are inescapable. Now secondly you should notice also that what problems are what? Unpredictable. One more word. Unpredictable. He says consider it pure joy whenever you face circle the word face the word face in greek is peripiptal meaning literally to fall into unexpectedly now you can there are some problems in life you cannot schedule some of the problems you and i have gone through in the past or will go through they are not planned in life we really know what challenges we will face you can say you know what i am going to schedule a sick day now you tell your boss that they're going to be laughing at you. Right? The difficulties we encounter in life are often unexpected. And so he says, understand that, hey, some things will happen right out of the blue. You're having a good day. You've made out your plans. What I'm going to do today is what I'm going to do next week. It's what I'm going to do in February and March. You come up with all your plans, plan A, B, C, D, E, and all of a sudden something happens from nowhere. And understand this. Now, this is probably good that problems are un unpredictable. You know why? Because if we, if we probably know what is going to happen to us in advance, what problems you're going to be facing, guess what? Some of us will run the other way, and we're going to miss out on the growth and the development and the experience and the open door that will come through problems in life. How many of you know that your closed, closed doors has led to open doors? Your problems, I should raise both hands up, have led to my blessings. The things that I was tired of, I was afraid of, I'd hate the most in life my biggest blessing came from my greatest problems in life if we knew in advance what will happen to us in future we will not go through it what makes them problems is because they, they catch us off guard they come when we least expect it when we don't have the time we don't have the, 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 the most inconvenient time they come in when we are unprepared 
What should we know about problems? Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know. What should we know? Problems are what? Inevitable. Problems are unpredictable. Next also what? Problems are what? Of many kinds. They are varied. They are varied. They come in all shapes and sizes. Right? <laughs> it's like, for example, whenever you see one roach in your living room, you should be concerned, right? Because cockroaches are, are what? Social insects, aren't they? And they tend to travel in groups and they nest in large quantities. And so when you see one in your living room or your bedroom, you better believe that there is more. That one you saw is probably scouting for food or looking out for a new nesting place so it can go back and tell the whole group, hey, you know what? There's food over here. Let's go. So you ought to be concerned. And that's one thing about problems. <laughs> we never get bored of having problems. You have aging, you have problems in your, in your, as a baby, problems in your preteen, as a teenager, problems in your young adult, problems in your adult, problems in your maturity age, problems comes in all shapes, in all forms, at all stages in life. He says, he says what? Consider pure choice when, when, you know, you know, you know how it's guaranteed when you face trials of what? Many kinds. They vary in intensity, they vary in variety, they vary in duration. Some are minor inconveniences, little pests. Others are major crises in life. We have all kinds of shapes of problems. Look at what Jesus tells us. This is a prophecy from Jesus. And perhaps that prophecy has happened in your life. This prophecy has come about in my life many, many, many times. Jesus is speaking, John 16, 33, read that with me. He says what? Here on earth you have what? What? A few? No trials. You have what? Many what? Trials and what? Sorrows. They are varied. Problems are varied. Amen. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. He says because you know. Now you're going to go through problems in life. They are, they are inevitable. They are unpredictable. They are varied. And the fourth fact of life is this. That what? This is good news here. That problems are what? Purposeful. One more time. Problems are what? Purposeful. Oh, you ought to know this. That if it's not going to be for your good, God will not allow it to happen. All your problems and your troubles and your hardship and your chaos and your confusion, they may not have been sent by God, but they are what? Father filtered. They are Father filtered. They have a purpose. It says your pain can be productive. Oh, t tell yourself, tell somebody, come to Our pain can be what? Productive. Look at what the Bible tells us. Our text, James 1, 2 to 3. It says, consider the pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know what? The testing of your faith produces perseverance. Trials produce perseverance. Circle the word trials, right? Circle the word produce perseverance. Draw a line right through. My trials produce perseverance. My trial, when I look at it from God's way, when I look at it biblically, sound wisdom, biblical wisdom tells me that God is able to turn my trials to be one of what? Perseverance. Trials produce perseverance.
I like what the Phillips translation puts this verse in the paraphrase Bible Phillips translation here's what it puts it look at this read that with me amazing amazing portion of scripture it says when all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your life don't resent them as what intruders realize that they come to do what test your faith and to produce in you the quality of endurance pressure produces Suffering can accomplish something. Suffering has a value in our life. He says, don't just resent it as an intruder. Don't just push it aside and just get bummed out about it and just, just allow it to literally just knock you off to say, look at it. I can't stand this. My financial situation, my health situation, my family situation. Yes, it's sad. Yes, it's something that may be unbearable. But realize this. You should know this. Count it all joy when you face trials of many counts because you know. What should we know? They are, they are inevitable, unpredictable. They are variable. They are purposeful. And it says our problems are purposeful. And let me quickly give you the three purposes of problems in Europe. So he says, why did God create us and put us in a world that is imperfect for us to go through problems? The, the, the first purpose of problems is this, is this, is this. Our problems purify our faith. Problems purify our faith. He says, you should know that, that what? The testing of your faith. This test is testing your faith. <laughs> James uses the word testing as in testing gold and silver. When you heat gold and silver several times at high peak temperature, what happens is that the heat causes the impurities to burn off so that the raw, the, 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 the purified mineral shines forth. That's what happens. When you see gold or silver in its raw form, you will just throw it away as something that is nasty, that is ugly, that is dirty. What is this piece of dirty rock doing in my home? I'm going to throw it away somewhere. But in its raw material, it is dark. It is not beautiful. But it is only heat that burns it off. And it says what happens with problems and what? It purifies our faith. Here's what Job understanding said about this. Job told God, he says, God, when you have tested me, when you have go taken me through the wash machine, when you take me through the fire of oppression, everything I'm going through, I'm being tested. I am in the fire of life. He says, what will happen to me? I will come forth like gold. Glory to Almighty God. The thing that problems does for believers, the purpose of problems is that what it purifies us. You see, as Christians, we are like tea bags. <laughs> you know what happens with a tea bag? You don't see its value, right? But the value of a tea bag comes out when you drop it in hot water. When you drop it in hot water, boy, you're going to be drinking something scrumptious. You're going to be drinking something edifying. Glory to God. Man, oh man, oh man. We are like tea bags. Oh my Lord. He says, problems purify us. You ought to know this. As Christians, we are like steel. And when steel gets tested, when we test it, we don't come out weaker. We come out stronger. We come out stronger. 
And God is more interested in building our character, building disciples out of life. He tells us, he says, hey, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all things. Go and make them, go and make followers of Christ. Don't go and make babies. Don't go and make whinies. People who just run away from their problems. Go and make people onward Christian soldiers marching onto war. And it's problems that oh, strengthens us, enables us, mine on oh, mine on oh, mine on oh, mine. Problems are purposeful because they purify our faith. Problems are purposeful. Number two, because problems develop our patience. Now, we say this colloquially. Somebody's having a temper tantrum. Somebody's all fast up, can't stand this. I hate my job. I hate my marriage. I hate my family. Now, what do we normally say? This person hasn't seen any. Right? That's a mark of immaturity. Babies do that. They haven't. Look at them. Yeah, I can't take this anymore. And it's like, you, you, you're not my friend anymore. I'm not going to hang out with you anymore. I, I won't go to you. I won't talk to you anymore. They haven't seen. Well, problems what develop. But, but when we go through problems in life, what happens? What? It develops patience. It says the testing of your faith develops what? Perseverance. God is talking about perseverance. He's talking about staying power. He's talking about endurance. He's talking about the ability to keep pressing on even when the odds are against you. And that's what problems does for believers. It gives us the ability to hang in there. Hang in there. Like when everybody was running away from Israel because of Goliath. David showed up on the scene and said, you guys are running away from this guy, human being? I have seen beasts face to face. I have seen lions and tigers and hyenas and bears face to face. Who came who and snatched my father's sheep and God gave me the energy to run after them. He says, King, let me go face this human. I have fought with beasts. I have fought with beasts. Glory to God. He says, problems makes us stronger, not weaker. Am I preaching to somebody today? Glory to Almighty God. The Greek word perseverance literally means the ability to stay strong under pressure. How many of you know that you need that in life? Or than that every bad thing happens to you, you're going to quit your job. You'll jump from job to job. Bad thing happens to you, you'll quit your marriage. Bad thing happens to you, it's like, no, you're not my kid anymore. Pack your bags and leave. I can't stand you anymore. You and I to fulfill our dreams and become everything God wants us to be. He says, What? Well, you're going to go through problems, but know this about problems. He says, Problems are inevitable, are unpredictable. They vary in many kinds. They are purposeful, but also know that they produce perseverance. How? They purify your faith, they develop your patience. God uses problems in our lives to teach us how to handle pressure. Right? God uses listen here. God uses he doesn't use breakthroughs or blessings to teach us how to handle prayer because what the easier things are in your life guess what you don't learn you don't learn how to handle pressure from easy times right you learn how to handle pressure from what hard times 
Unless God teaches patience by letting everything go away. No, no, no. God, God never teaches us patience by letting everything go away. He teaches us patience in the waiting periods of our life when things are not working. That's when we learn patience. Count it all joy when you go through problems of many kinds because you know that it is what? It is working perseverance. How? Purifies your faith, develops your patience, helps you be mature. Third is this, that your problems will help you what? Grow. It helps you to mature. James 1.34 says, The testing of your faith produces perseverance. How? So that you may be mature, circular word, complete, not lacking anything. And that is God's long range for you. The reason when you were saved, God didn't take you straight up to heaven is because God wants you to mature. A transformation process begins the minute you accept Christ as your Savior and it continues every moment, every cycle, every season of life you go through, what is God's growth process to make you mature. That is the Christian's life's bottom line. Maturity, not convenience, not comfort. Because everything else is going to pass. You're not going to take your car that God blesses you to heaven. You're not going to take your home that God blesses you. You're going to take your character to heaven. It is your character in heaven that is going to be rewarded. And those rewards will what? Last forevermore. Right? And so the bottom line is, is you and I mature. Look at this amazing portion of scripture. <laughs> God's number one goal is to make us like Christ Jesus. Uh, this portion of, look at Romans 8, 28 and 29. You, you, this is an amazing portion of scripture. We love this portion of scripture, particularly the first part, verse 28. But let's read that in its full context, right? Read that with me together. It says, we know, what should we know? That God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Oh, what a beautiful passage of scripture. I could spend a whole day, I could spend a whole, see, a whole year every Sunday preaching John 8.28. Not we think, not we hope, but what we know. That whatever is happening to you, God's got a purpose. He's causing them. He's in the causing business. And he's working everything. And the word together means he's mixing them all up. It's, God says, I mix it all together. The good, the bad, and the, and the different. The hurtful, the painful, the joyful, different seasons, different times. Says God works everything together. He causes everything to work together for your good. You say everything, secular everything. Does everything include good things only? No. Everything includes good things, bad things, aging situations, financial problems, your, your celebration, your joys, your headache, your heartache. Everything. God says I cause everything to work together for your good. He says they are, I use them to work for your good. So that your life will be in line with my purposes. And what is the final complete purpose of God? Read over me. He says, well, for God knew his people in advance. And he what? He chose them to become like his son. God's final goal is that we mature and are transformed to become like who? Jesus. So there is a refining process. There is a reformation process. There's a trust. God loves you the way you are, but he's not going to leave you the way you are. Some say, well, I don't want to go to church anymore because they're going to make me change. Yeah, God created you to change you and make you better than you are. So don't be afraid of change. It's good for you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 
And so the purpose of troubles, one of the aims of troubles, oh my Lord, is to make us like Jesus. Oh, kind of Lord joy when you go through problems of all kinds. Why? What should we know? Because of what you know, why should we know? Problems are inevitable. Problems are unpredictable. They are varied. They come in many kinds. They are purposeful. So how should we handle our problems? So that's the final piece that I want to share with you as I wind this message. And one, we should handle problems. One, by what? Rejoice. Say the word with me. Rejoice. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials. Now, let's not misunderstand what God is teaching us here. God is not saying we should fake it. He's not saying we should put a plastic smile on our face when we are hurting, when we can't pay our bills, when there's sickness in our body, when our marriage is not going right, when we have problems left, right, front, and center. He's not saying that. He's not saying we should deny reality. Well, what is he saying then? He's not also saying we should pump ourselves psychologically. He says, consider it pure joy. Circle the word consider. The word consider, it says, make a deliberate assessment. Make a deliberate, intentional review of the situation vis-a-vis -vis your life and what God has promised and God's plan for your life. Consider. It means evaluate. He says, make up your mind. He says, realize this, that when this problem comes where I can't pay my bills, you ought to consider this, that this too shall pass away. Consider that God is still on the throne. Consider that God is not finished with me. Consider that this is not my identity. This will not stay forever. This is just temporary. And God is still on the throne, working in and through my life. Have a consideration. Don't let it just hit you in the face and fall right down and says, oh wow, look at this. Don't just look at this in the here and now. Look at the big picture. Look at the big picture. Don't look at what has happened, but look at what is going to happen. Don't look at the past, but project what God has said into your situation and look forward. Look ahead. Glory to God. Be perspective. Consider. It means you should even expect that God can take what's bad and turn around for good. That we ought to consider that God, amen, no matter where our problems came from, may have come from ourselves, the devil may have caused them, there may be problems that society may have brought, but the source of the problem doesn't really matter, what really matters, God can use them for my growth and development. Consider. And when you have a consideration, it produces joy because the big picture is far more bigger. Amen. The windshield, looking through the windshield of your life is far more greater, far more positive and progressive than looking through the side view mirror. What happens when you live, when you're going through life, when you're driving, looking through your side view mirror? What do you see? You see the accident that just happened? You see the road kills that are on the side of the road? If you keep looking through your rear view mirror all the time, what happens? You're going to crash. God says, look at life through the windshield. 
God isn't finished with you. Look at how far you've come and rejoice that. Look at how far I come. Since I was a little baby, God has not turned his back on me. Consider, 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 consider. And when you consider, amen, the plurality of God's blessings, that little, that little fork that is made up of particles that can fill only a cup full of water will be nothing compared. Glory to God, the light of God's blessings, the light of God's power, the light of God's promises that are yet to come to pass in your life consider when you have a careful consideration you're going to brush it off you're going to shake it off hallelujah i'm preaching to somebody today glory to almighty god how should we handle our problems he says you got to rejoice because of what you know what you know And guess what? Consideration is a choice. Say, Pastor Mike, you don't understand. I'm so sad. But you know why you're so sad? Because you've chosen to be sad. I'm so mad. You know why? Because you've made a choice to be angry. Is it clear to everybody? You have, it, you, you have the right. You have the power. God created you with a free moral choice. The reason you won't talk to that person anymore, why is that? Not because of what they've done, but because of the choice you have made. It says, you make a choice, and what choice should you make? Consider what? Oh my goodness, pure joy. And I choose to respond in hope. I choose to respond in faith. I don't choose hatred, but I choose to look at them through the grace of God. And God says, you got to choose to rejoice with tears running down your cheeks because of your consideration. Look at what the psalmist tells us. We can learn from this amazing portion of scripture. Look at Psalm 34, 1 to 3. He's talking to people who are oppressed. And here's what he says. He says, what? Our what? Always thank the Lord. I will what? Never stop praising him. I will praise him for what he has done. Oh, may all who are oppressed listen and be what? Be what? Proclaim with me the Lord's greatness. Let us praise his name forever. He says, guess what? I will always, in good times, in bad times, in my mid-age, in my senior citizen, when I'm well, when I'm sick, when a doctor gives me a bad medical report, when a bill comes in, I can, I will always praise the Lord. I'm never going to stop. Oh, nothing will stop me from this consideration, from this awareness, from this realization. God is on the throne. He's on my side. Glory to Almighty God. I will, I will, I will, I will. And let me tell everyone who is sick, who's bummed out, everyone who's sad, everyone who's depressed, everyone who's angry, everyone who feels like the boot of the enemy is on your neck. You also, you also, you also. Be glad, be glad, be glad, and always praise God and never stop praising Him. Why? Because your problems are not in control because of the Lord's greatness. He's greater than your enemy. And so how should you handle problems? You should handle problems, number one, by rejoicing. You respond with joy. You respond with rejoicing the Lord. It's your choice. Secondly, here's what you got to do also. You should pray for wisdom. Do what? 
pray for wisdom. Go to pray. Tell God to take over your heart, your emotions. And why should you pray for wisdom? Because so God can tell you what you need to learn from that situation and what you need to do to cooperate with him to bring about breakthrough in your life. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. Do you know that when you are hurt, when you are afraid, when you are worried, when you are frustrated, your IQ goes all the way down? Have you ever seen somebody who is the smartest person, really smart, but when they are angry, when they are frustrated, when they are worried, their the actions, the words that come out of your mouth, it's like they've never even been to school before. They are the dumbest person in it. Your IQ, your intelligence level goes all the way down when you're frustrated. You're not the smartest. You're not the strongest. You're not in a great shape. You're not in a positive shape when you allow frustration and anger. Oh, I should raise both hands myself. That's where I, where I am. Says this is a time to pray for God not only to relieve your problem but to give you wisdom. Because if you let anger and frustration and sadness and worry sit in your heart, you're going to do some of the dumbest things in life. You take actions that you regret. You, your, your choice, your response to that problem will be far more destructive than the problem itself. Uh, hello, am I, just, am I preaching to myself? And so you got to pray for God to be able to handle the problem and also God to give you what? Wisdom. And the third thing God wants us to do when we're going through challenges and problems, how should we handle our problems? Third is this, it's what relax by what? Trust in God. Trust in God. Trust in God. You know, every negative response to problems is because we're not trusting God. It's an act that is not motivated by faith. Because when we have faith in God, no matter how big is the problem is, it says our faith, what, even as small as a mustard seed, it can, what, move mountains. Faith says I can do all things till Christ that strengthens me. Faith tells me that I'm more than a conqueror. Faith tells me that what I cannot do with God, all things are possible. Faith tells me that God can call the things. And so we ought to trust God for God to take over. And when we exercise faith in God, it's not we are now confronting our problems. We have delegated it to God and we see God now owning the problem. And God divorces us. God disconnects us. God removes us emotionally from the problem. And he's got it on his own. God relaxes by trust in God. Trust God that he knows what's best for you and so and cooperate with his purposes so you don't short-circuit the, the process. Look at what James tells us. James 1, 6, looking at our, our key verse. It says what? When you ask God, be sure that what? Your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. You know, for most Christians, that's what we do. We get up, we pray at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and by lunchtime, we go take the problem away from God. And we got it. We're going to solve it. I'm going to treat this person. I'm not going to talk to them. I'm going to deal with them that way. We gave it to God. And then by noontime, now we handle the problem ourselves. And says, what? You be sure that what? God is your deliverer. God is your protector. God is your redeemer. God, you've given it to God to fight your battles. And so what? Relax. Do what? Relax. He's got it. And don't waver. Should I be doing this? Should I really tell them off? Should I send that text message? 
should, should I really? It says that, that's wavering. It says you're wavering. You left it with God. God is stronger. He is wiser. He can solve your problems better than yourself. He can defend you better than yourself. He's already working on it. He's already, you don't know. God is already speaking to hearts and minds. He's gone before heard of you. He says, the minute you went to that problem, he says, even before you open your mouth, God knew what, what was going wrong. And while you were praying, God has already sent the answer. You don't know it all, but God is already working in the heart and minds of the people who are trying to depress you. Let God do his work. Or oh, maybe some of you are going through some tough times in life right now. I don't know what you're going through, but God knows everything. A loving God, caring, compassionate God knows everything that you're going through. He sees everything you're going through. Why do I know that? He says, because the very hair of your head is numbered and not a single one falls without he noticing it. He knows exactly where you are. He knows your pain point. And the good news is he has the power to do something about the problem. And he can change it in a snap. He's a miracle-working God. And there are some problems that God has taken away from you. It has never happened. You only go to heaven to realize the deliverances he brought you away that didn't happen. There are some problems that God took it away the minute you had it. There are some problems where God is allowing them to tarry in your life why because he has a better plan for those problems in your life he's more interested in building your character than making life comfortable to you because at the other side of the problem when it's done it's full work will mature you will prepare you will fully equip you for what god wants to use you in your life oh if somebody received that say amen to that and here's the reward. Let me close on this. Why should you take these teachings to heart? Why should you consider it pure joy when you go through trials of many kinds? Why should you let God finish his work? Why should you get into that space where you are rejoicing, considering everything that God has done and God will do by way of his, his power and his promise for your life? Why should you be in a space where you are praying and asking God to take over your problem and to give you wisdom to be able to hang in there? Why should you trust God and leave it to God alone? It's he says, here's the reward. Everything that God tells you to do, he puts a reward, a benefit, so that you are motivated to do what he, he has shared with you today. Here's the reward. Read that with me, James 1.12. It says what? God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive what? The crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. There's a reward behind that temptation, behind that trouble, behind that headache, behind that delay, behind that dead end, behind that confusion. There is a reward, and God is the way maker. He's a promise keeper. He will see you through that problem, and he will deposit a blessing. That's what it means by saying you're going to get two blessings for every trouble. The first blessing is he's going to take the problem away. The second blessing is he's going to reward you. Oh, if you receive that, somebody put your hands together. Somebody put your hands together. Two blessings for every trouble. First is the problem is going away. That's a blessing. Second blessing is you're rewarded. Oh, I should raise both hands. I see moments in my life where after a problem came the victory, came the breakthrough, came the blessing. Oh, wherever you are, will you just rise and let's close in prayer. Let's close in prayer. Come together and say, God, my problems are yours. Soak this word in my heart. Soak this word in my heart, Lord. <laughs> mighty, mighty God. Somebody right here in this place, give it to God. Pray for God's strength. Pray for his wisdom. 
Whatever you're going through, what will happen to you that next time when you have a problem, you face it in wisdom, you face it in power, you face it under the strength of God. Oh, our God, you can do all things. So, and so even now, casting every care, casting every concern, delegating, relegating, oh God, my Lord, every problem to you. Father God, my Lord, you can do more in our lives than we can. And so right now, Jesus, take over, take over, take over. Take over every hardship. Take over every situation. Take over every sickness, every wound, every heartbrokenness. Take over what's happening in the life of your people, in their jobs, in their families, in their finances, in their families. Oh, God, in their bodies. You know all things. You have the power to do all things. Oh, God, we pray for your deliverance. You say when we ask, God, we should put our trust in you alone. We trust in you. Miracle worker, problem solver, sickness healer, way maker. You can even raise the dead to come alive we trust in you break through into lives today oh god and bring deliverance for your people lord god and bless your people mighty good we thank you we praise you lord god almighty oh pray pray with me jesus i thank you for your teaching i pray you burn these truths in my heart help me to realize the purpose of problems is not just to harm me but that you will use it to grow and develop me and so give me patience to endure give me your wisdom to hang in there lord god almighty today i give you all my problems lord god almighty take over my concerns my challenges my weaknesses and set me free thank you for delivering me in jesus name amen